This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Well, it is Wednesday, hump day. And I don't know about the rest of you, but this week has flown by so far. And we're only halfway through. But I saw some crazy stuff online this morning. And at first, I had to make like a conscious decision. Am I going to immerse myself in all of this bad news starting at like 5.30 in the morning? Or can I postpone it (laughs) a little bit, at least until maybe 11? And that was what I opted to do, but I'm just such a news junkie that I couldn't do it. I've often heard people who are alcoholic or addicts say that every day they wake, uh, they used to wake up, would say, not today, I'm not going to do it. And then they never quite made it past noon or whatever the time was. I get that because I can swear off the news. I can swear off the internet and I can only go so long. (laughs) And then I fall right back into the trap. And it is a trap because half of the news that they're pushing at us is almost irrelevant or it makes me feel as though I'm being deliberately told to think that certain things are more important than they really are. For instance, we've been talking about artificial intelligence and chat GPT for a while now, coming up on two years. And I don't understand it. And people keep reassuring me. There's no turning back. We can use these things. We can be responsible with these things. And I I suppose that's true. The problem is you never know when enough is enough and too much is, is, is too much. So there's a news channel that's set to launch next year. It's called Channel One. Seems to me there was a Channel One before, but the article I read in the Daily Mail seemed to indicate that this was a new channel and that they would be replacing they're hu- human anchors with hyper-realistic AI-generated, I guess, avatars. And they're going to use digitally generated people and digital doubles of real actors who had their, I guess, their bodies scanned. I don't even know how you can be turned into an AI-generated person. But some of the videos that I saw there were little bits of uh, information coming across, show anchors that talk and look and they move like real human beings. But they they were totally designed. They're not real human beings. AI technology created them. So they're gonna be streaming on TV apps. So you'll be able to watch it on your big screen television, and they're going to have a translation feature so that they can roll it out all 
across the globe. The outlet's founder says that the misuse of AI-generated news is inevitable, but the Channel One aims to get out in front of this and create a responsible use of the technology. Help me out here, folks. What is the responsible use of the technology look like or smell like since we've never had this technology before? And what are you going to do if you have a news story where you want to have somebody live from the scene? You want the footage to be authentic, right? So you can't, I don't think you can dispatch your AI generated anchor. So I guess there's still going to be jobs, just not as many. And at least this station is being completely upfront. This is what we're doing. These are AI generated videos that you're going to be looking at. And yeah, I, I was trying to think, what is it like? Well, it's kind of like, did you ever watch like some court TV or a report on the news where they did not allow cameras into the courtroom? Which, by the way, when I was growing up, they never allowed cameras into a courtroom for obvious reasons. If you ever watched Judge Ito during the uh, O.J. Simpson trial, you'd know that it's dangerous. And this guy at the uh, Trump trial, who's always mugging for the cameras. But when you used to get those sketches from, well, this is such and such a witness seated in the box, and they would sketch the person... And if it was a good sketch artist, you'd have a pretty good idea of what they look like. And if it was a person that you were familiar with, I mean, if it was a Donald Trump, you'd know whether or not the sketch was accurate. But how do you do, let's say, a news story about, a, you know, a dinosaur extinction with some new discovery perhaps that maybe they found some bones or they found some writings on a cave. Are they going to have like AI generated video and actually have a dinosaur now? It's kind of like what the courtroom sketches were, right? So they're going to be on all these apps like uh, Tubi and Pluto and something called Crackle, which I have no idea what that is. And they're going to have their own Channel One app starting in this upcoming summer. So I was thinking, I remember when I told everyone that I was never going to use self-check at a store because I felt terrible that it was doing away with the jobs of cashiers. I use self-check now. You almost have no choice. I said I was never going to go and do all my banking business. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Through an ATM machine. I do almost all my banking business through an ATM machine now. What always seems like, don't get sucked up in this, ends up being just standard operating procedure. So while I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, 
I hope that uh, we're not going to only have AI-generated anchors and reporters doing news. And then I realized that that's exactly what we're going to have. And it won't be that far down the line. They've already stated that they have some legacy news outlets that are going to be using some of their resources. I don't know which ones. They didn't say in the Daily Mail article which ones. But I have some real concerns about all this AI stuff. You know I do. And many of you have written me extensively about how I need not to worry and that this could be for the betterment of humankind, definitely of the betterment of news gathering, which has turned into a ridiculous, when you think about it, right? The news is nothing like it was when I was growing up. I realize I'm an old person, but we got the news. We knew what was going on. And most of the time, we got straight news. There was always a little bit of color to the news. But for the most part, at 6 o'clock at night or 5.30, whenever your nightly newscast came on on your favorite station, you'd have an anchor who literally ripped and read. They just read the news stories. Today on Capitol Hill... Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, and then you could come to your own conclusion. That's not what we have anymore. So what harm can AI do? Because what we have now is if I'm watching CNN or MSLSD, I'm going to get our hero, Chuck Schumer, put his uh, Republicans on notice. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's not reading the news. That's editorializing the news. And then if I turn over to Fox, the same news story will be the poor excuse for a Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, was seen arguing in the hall with Mitch McConnell. I mean, you know that you're not getting rip and read news. You know you're not going to be able to come to your own conclusion for the most part. You know that you're getting news that has a particular slant and is speaking to a particular audience, which is why I stopped watching those news shows. It was so much fun for a couple of years to be watching the Fox News because there was nothing like it. Everything was left-wing, liberal news. And so when Fox first came out, it was like, wow, this is fascinating. You know, there is another side to some of these stories. I've known that for years. Now the public is finding that out. But now I can't watch them either. Everybody is so opinionated and everybody is now uh, an expert on everything. How could you possibly be an expert on everything? Some of them are smart, no question about it. You know, I think a guy like Bill O'Reilly showed he had deep knowledge. But one of my favorites was Tucker Carlson. And I don't think that Tucker Carlson ever exhibited deep knowledge. But he was very entertaining and he would surround himself with people who crafted a show that was moved quickly, touched on subjects that nobody else seemed to want to touch on, and pretty much lined up with my belief system. So there you have it. I watched it. What difference would it make if it was actually a Bill O'Reilly or Babo Aru, <laughs> you know, the, the AI-generated news anchor? Probably not much. So we'll see. One of Channel One's goals, they say, is to produce personalized news streams with an app that functions like TikTok and learns what each viewer wants to see. Oh boy. 
So in other words, if you're a Fox viewer and your television set has never been tuned to CNN or MSNBC, they're going to create a custom news just for you. And you won't be bothered with anything that even looks remotely like Joe Scarborough. So rather than giving you a standard broadcast, you know, the same one that my next door neighbor is watching, I'll be getting one that's customized for me. I wonder if I can actually pick my AI-generated newscaster or if I can create them myself because I would like them to look a particular way. If I got to stare at them for a couple of hours, if it's a guy, I want him to be tall, dark, and handsome. If it's a gal, I want her to be uh, tall, dark, and handsome. Why would I not want to watch somebody that was eye candy? Of course you would. So you won't get the standard broadcast. Your neighbor isn't hearing what you're hearing. And they're saying that the average person watches about 25 minutes of news a night on cable. That's about what, nine stories at 10 stories? So now if each one of them is customized, they can generate 500 stories and then just pick the right nine or 10 for you or for me. And their claim is, we'll be doing a better job of informing you. We'll be showing you what you're looking for in your allotted time. And over time, you can bet your bippy that the app will learn your preferences, learn your habits, and start to mold the way you live. It's amazing. And I do have concerns. Another AI base that Channel One is going to deploy is translation so that People sitting in Dubai can hear the same broadcast that I'm hearing if they have similar taste to me in Arabic while I'm listening to it in English with the same looking anchor. <laughs> or maybe they get their own anchor, I don't know. But the buzz is building around this company and they have been fundraising and I don't know how much money it's going to cost to do this because using digital double anchors tells you right now they're going to save money in the industry. And people like the uh, actors and writers in the Screen Actors Guild that just did all the striking and negotiations, they are SOL. And we better figure these things out. You can't have somebody that looks like Lester Holt. You know, if you create an AI-generated guy that looks like Lester Holt, you shouldn't you have to pay Lester Holt something? I don't know, but we're going to find all this stuff out. It is fascinating, if not scary. <laughs> it is scary as well. Anyway, don't forget to download the app, the 850 WFTL app. That way you can get all of the podcasts. And I'm not sure if my podcast this week is up there or not, but I'll check it out again. I know it didn't get up on Monday or Tuesday, so I'm hoping that it's up now. And of course, you could be listening to the Cool Dad Rules, Bill's podcast or AEP, the unidentified, or UAP, the Unidentified Alien podcast that Diener puts together every week or any of the podcasts of a previously aired program. I am going to take a quick break at uh, the bottom of the hour at 3.30. I'm going to be talking with Brian Kilmeade about his newest book, um, but I still have one segment before that left in which I want to tell you a little bit something that I saw, which was so incredibly fa fascinating to me. 
and I know it will be to you too. So stay right where you are. Well, so I promised you I was going to tell you a story that really caught my interest. And it's not a terrible bad news. Well, it is bad news, but it's not one of those stories where I don't see any redeeming value in sharing it with you. It's actually an opinion piece that was on, of all places, the CNN website. And what it was is this woman who is an attorney, happens to be an advocate for women in my hometown of New York City, decided she was going to start a movement to bring attention to the sexual violence that was perpetrated by Hamas. And it, you know, CNN could not have said more times that this was her opinion, her commentary, not theirs. <laughs> but they printed it. So she talked about how her grandmother, who lived in Nazi-occupied Poland, was 17 years old when a German officer told her that he would save her family under the condition that she have sex with him. And then he proceeded to rape her. And then, after that, she watched the Nazis brutally execute her grandparents, her mother, her father, two little sisters, and a brother. And somehow, she, you know, she summoned up the will to live. And she went through four years of sheer terror. But that trauma has been with her her whole life. And... But she never stopped, you know, claiming her Jewish identity. So this activist, Alexi Ash Myers, is her granddaughter. And she said she was four years. My, my grandfather also survived the Holocaust, having spent four years in concentration camps. But because he was a dentist, they let him go through the corpses to take out gold teeth. She said, aspects of both of my grandparents' stories were shared throughout my childhood because my parents and, they, and my grandparents wanted to make sure that we would never forget. They told their stories, not just to the family, but in history classes at Hebrew school. But it was only when, when Alexi's grandmother, Clara, was on her deathbed that she shared the last bit of the history, which was the rape by a Nazi. And she said, Alexi said, even though I had to live with the painful truth of her rape, I was motivated by the collective voices that said, never again. And then on October 7th, never again happened. Hamas attacked Israel, and they used the same tactics to subjugate Jewish women and women. You know, they've been doing this for centuries, bad guys. They carry out rape and sexual violence on women and girls from the pogroms to the Holocaust. Rape was always used as a weapon of war. It's still being used in Boko Haram and all of these other uh, you know, terrorist organizations think it's perfectly fine. And so Alexi says, for two decades I've been fighting to keep this front and center. And sometimes even my family members say, why do you keep you know, talking about this stuff? And my response is always the same. My grandparents are Holocaust survivors and their experiences had a deep impact on my life and left me with the responsibility to stand up against hate. 
She said, I was raised with a deep understanding that injustice happens in a vacuum of silence. If people don't speak up, evil operates with impunity. So in the wake of October 7th, I've chosen to speak up, but not everyone has. And if you listen to my thought of the day today, this is exactly what I'm talking about. In spite of the overwhelming evidence of what happened on October 7th, we're talking about GoPro video footage that the terrorists themselves took, okay? It shows what they did. There have been uh, there's lots of testimony by survivors of the attacks who witnessed what the terrorists were doing when they were raping and mutilating women. And it definitely, we've all heard the testimony of first responders who found these girls, these women murdered in conditions that made it clear they'd been raped. One witness said she watched a woman being gang raped. The video that we all looked at, my husband is still haunted by the video of a blood-soaked pants of a young Israeli woman being dragged by her hair by the Hamas abductors and the other women who were just stripped of their clothes. A lot of evidence. And still, no feminist organizations, which I believe are in, in existence to fight for the rights of every woman and every girl, doesn't matter what religion, nationality, community, every woman, every girl should have a right to live free from all forms of violence, including rape. Not a word. And we just had the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women Day, which is why I hate these days. They're just, they're just to make people feel better, I guess. You can advocate one day a year for violence against women, and then when there's actually violence against women, you don't do anything? So the grandfather had the same line that my grandfather had, which was that he didn't hate the Nazis as much as he felt betrayed by his own neighbors, the shopkeepers and the friends who stood by silently. He couldn't believe that humanity was unwilling to help. And so that's what's going on right now. And that's why Israeli families want to know, is humanity going to stay silent again? Where do you stand? Good people can disagree on the pathway to peace. Good people can disagree on many aspects of the conflict right now. But good people should use their voices to say that, Rape as a weapon of war is unacceptable. There are still people being held captive by Hamas, including women and girls, and in all likelihood, they've been subjected and very likely are still being subjected to a sexual assault by Hamas. It's probably men and boys who've suffered the same horror. But nothing. Of course, when people say, oh, it's like the Holocaust, it upsets people. Let me take a break. We'll be back with Brian Kilmeade. Stay right where you are. All right. Well, I think we were unable to connect to uh, Brian Kilmeade, so we'll rearrange and, and do that interview at another time because um, the book is actually quite fascinating, and it's a piece of history and a pairing that I had never really thought about, Teddy Roosevelt and Booker T. Washington, so it will be a fascinating interview, but there's uh, certainly plenty of other things that we need to, to talk about today. And we'll just reschedule that interview because we weren't able to get a hold of him. So 
Now, all of a sudden, and, and this isn't all of a sudden, I knew this was going to happen. Last month, the, the army sent a letter to thousands of soldiers that got discharged because they wouldn't take the COVID-19 shot. And the letter says that as a result of the rescission of all current COVID-19 vaccination requirements, former soldiers who were involuntarily separated for refusal to receive the COVID-19 vaccination may now request a correction of their military records. Hmm. So I happen to know two people who were serving during this period of time and also had to step down. One of them was an experienced, seasoned veteran, and the other was a young, uh, you know, the, the nephew of a good friend of mine who probably had only been in the military for a couple of months when COVID-19 and the pandemic just shook everything up. So the military has all these protections against lots of diseases and people take all kinds of shots. But the idea that taking a COVID-19, I hate calling it a vaccine, it's not a vaccine, but that shot during the height of the pandemic where the contagiousness and the lethality of the disease was the highest really challenges everything we feel about this. If you're mandated to get your teeth checked every single year when you're in the, the reserves, shouldn't the military pay for it? Because you could get refused and discharged under less than honorable conditions if you don't fulfill the requirement to get the dental checkup. But this is the kind of stuff that you have, you just have to roll your eyes. For instance, one guy was talking about how he received a smallpox vaccine because he was due to be stationed in South Korea. And he then ended up getting a change in his orders and he was going to end up in Little Rock, Arkansas at a base instead, but they still insisted that he get the smallpox vaccine. And these are the kinds of arrogant and, and complete disregard that's involved in this. Now, I, you know, I, I was reading a piece that was really made me sick to my stomach where some Democrat was talking about, well, um, I don't think you should do that. I think they should be punished. And uh, they, they took a big chance infecting other people in the military. Well, we now know that that wasn't going to happen. You don't infect other people with, uh, because you haven't had a COVID-19 vaccine. People who had vaccines were infected. And people were not transmitting COVID-19 in any of the fashion that we were originally told. In other words, why can't we just admit now, and I hope the Republicans stand up and, and fight back on this, that the people who didn't get vaccines in many ways might be in better shape than the rest of us, particularly if they contracted COVID and now have antibodies. I can speak for myself. I can speak for Dr. Naomi Wolf. I can speak for my husband. I can speak for more friends than I care to, to even count how immune systems have been compromised by those so-called vaccines. 
I can't say that the reason I seem to stay sick longer is because I had the two shots and the booster. But I had the two shots and the booster and I stay sick longer. My husband got very sick from the second shot and he stays sick longer. I have friends who have really uh, bad symptoms, long COVID. I have a friend who suffers so badly with the long COVID and half the doctors that she sees won't even call it that. And there's no treatment. But apparently, there are still some people in this country who thinks who think that if you didn't take the COVID-19 vaccine, that you're a bad person and should be punished. That's insane. I have grown to admire those people for having the courage to stand up for what we now know was the right, the right side of this issue. Look, if you wanted to take a vaccine, I have no objection to anybody taking anything with as much information as they can accumulate if they decided it was worth it great. But we had mandates in this country. We had the military and the police issued mandates, teachers. I have friends who retired early from New York City public schools because they were mandated to take a vaccine and they didn't want to take the vaccine. By the way, they're in a lot better health than I am these days. Just saying. So not only should they all get their back pay, all those military members that got bounced, like my friend and the young kid. But anybody who, see, who says that, uh, you know, that it's, it was wrong of them to, to deny the vaccine, particularly when they've taken so many other vaccines, other vaccines that have proven track records and that had long periods of time where we got to study whether there were de deleterious side effects and which were actual vaccines that were created from the actual viruses themselves, how do you compare that to this mRNA jab that we, didn't, we were never sure that it was gonna work? We didn't know anything. No, none of us knew what a spike protein was, or at least I didn't. I can admit it. If you know, you were smarter than me. Maybe you have some medical background, but I didn't know anybody who knew what a spike protein was. I had no idea what I was allowing them to inject into my body. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. And I was under some mandates when I wanted to travel to Israel that really pushed me into this. Of course, today when I think about that, I'm sure glad that I went to Israel because I don't know what it's going to look like for people who want to visit Israel anytime soon. Certainly not going to happen within the next couple of years. So at my age and my husband's age, it was a, you know, it was a chance we were willing to take, but we took that chance. I could have not gone to Israel and not had that booster. I made a decision, but we, didn't, we stopped allowing people to make decisions. Cruel and arbitrary rules that we had no idea what the long-term effects were gonna be. And now we're seeing what the long-term effects are. I don't care what anybody says. This was not a great idea. And I don't know, you know, I listened to uh, Dr. Wolf when Naomi talks about the menstrual irregularities and the low birth rates, this is all futuristic problems. We have no idea how this is going to affect the future of the human race because it's not just here, it's all over the world. But apparently that wasn't important enough to take into consideration. So when I see some 
you know, rogue congressperson, actually somebody running for Congress saying like, well, I'm sorry, they should have taken the shot. They have to take shots. No, no, they, they, they weren't just taking any shot. They were taking an undetermined shot that we had no scientific evidence or surety that it would have the effect we were hoping to have, that it would stop a person from contracting COVID-19. And then before you knew it, it, well, but you won't get as sick. Well, I don't take shots, so I don't get as sick. I'll take a shot if it'll keep me from getting something like it. I took the pneumonia vac vaccination. I took the shingles vaccination because they said it would prevent me from getting shingles. It would prevent me from getting pneumonia. Okay. That seems like a pretty good risk to me. I was never told that about the Pfizer shots. First, I was told, well, we think it might. And then I was told, well, no, it won't do that, but it will do this. And then I was told, well, we're not sure it'll do anything. But we're going to make you take it anyway. Just crazy. Little by slowly, we give more and more of our decision-making and our independence and our in our independence, that's really what we're talking about. We're not allowed to think for ourselves. Trust me, an AI-generated news anchor is my least is the least problem on the horizon for me this week. But I, uh, I like to see, I like to see what the AI-generated news anchors are going to say when they make up all these stories. I just saw a made-up story this morning about like, oh, Donald Trump has softened his stance on North Korea. Really? The only time the guy wasn't firing off rockets was when Donald Trump was in the White House. So I doubt he's going to change his position on Little Rocket Man. But hey, if you, uh, if you watch certain stations, that's the story you heard this morning. Sickening. It really is. So anyway, it's looking more and more like this Republican primary is wrapped up. There's nothing left but the, the, the tearing of their hair out. But that's all that's left now. He's, uh, he's on his way to Iowa, the president. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm, I'm getting excited. This is going to be a fun election. He said there was a message that came across one of the websites from Donald Trump today that said, hey, I know they're going to cheat, but if we have a big enough win, it won't matter. That's what I've been saying since the get-go. It just has to be indisputable. And that's, that falls to us. Don't forget, coming up after me is Eric Erickson, followed by Joe Paggs and Lars Larson, the Red Eye Radio at 6 a.m. Jen and Bill will be back with the South Florida Morning Show, followed by Brian Kilmeade, and then at noon, Dan Bongino comes back and I'll be aboard again at three o'clock. But I have one segment left today, so please stay right where you are. You know, some people have no shame at all. Hunter Biden has no shame at all. He refuses to show up for his congressional testimony. And then, you know, my question is, is the media going to rip him the way they would rip Donald Trump? When he blew off the five congressional subpoenas from that stupid impeachment inquiries that they had? No, of course not, because the media is covering for the corrupt Biden family. So he shows up to Capitol Hill today, Hunter Biden, not for his congressional testimony. No, no, no. He's in violation 
hopefully we'll see that they, you know, actually maybe bring about some some penalty for failing to heed to a subpoena by the committee. But he gets out there and he's, of course, got the media just ex- so excited to have him. Let me, I'm here to acknowledge, this is him standing there with Eric Swalwell. First and foremost, you pick the guy who slept with the Chinese spy? Probably not the best look. He said, I'm here today to acknowledge that I have made mistakes in my life. But I'm also here today to correct how the MAGA right has portrayed me for their political purposes. Let me state as clearly as I can, my father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not my investment at all or abroad, and certainly not as an artist. I didn't know there was an accusation that he was an artist, but whatever. He spoke defiantly outside the Capitol, dodging his House Oversight Committee deposition. And then, I mean, this looks so desperate. Then he, he has this whole rant about how, uh, you know, they're doing this to get to my dad. They know it'll kill him. They belittled my recovery and they've tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass my father who has devoted his entire life to public service. For six years, I've been a target of the unrelenting Trump attack team. Where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I'm here. Sorry, Hunter. I, you know, I don't even think Democrats will show this guy any. Well, I can't say that. Democrats will do anything, including stand behind Hunter Biden, the guy who's got tax evasion charges, gun charges, and you know, and whose father was knee deep in money that Hunter was getting from China, from Russia, from the Ukraine. Uh, come on. You know, nobody, nobody believes you, Hunter. You probably should have just stayed home and try to be a good parent to all of your children, including the illegitimate one that everybody in your family denies is yours. And too bad about that DNA, right? Mm, how inconvenient that was. So... John Kerry, of course, wants to be part of the Biden administration, (laughs) and he wants to be in the next Biden administration, and that's perfect. You know, the special presidential envoy for climate wants to stay in there until his last breath. He wants to fight for climate advocacy until his very last breath. Slap some Heinz ketchup on him. This hot dog is done. Just saying. So that's a pretty much does it for me. We uh, have a lot planned for tomorrow as well. So you're definitely going to want to be here. As for me, remember, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock if it be his will and he delays his coming because What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, you got to be yourself because everybody else is taken. I will be joining my friends out at Kings Point tonight for, I guess, a December wrap-up of 2023. And it's always a pleasure to be with Joe and Diane and that crew. So I'll be out there this evening. Uh, And then my plan is to be back here tomorrow at three o'clock, and that, of course, is if it be his will, God's will, and if he delays his coming. So that's the plan. Y'all stay well, and if I get to see you tonight at uh, in Tamarack, 
That'll be even better. May God bless you, and may God bless the United States of America. We love you guys. See you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.